covering the Green Bay Packers training camp all summer long. This is CampCast with Mark Daniels and Matt Z, a Midwest Communications podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the premiere of, well, you've heard of broadcast. There's Comcast. This is the CampCast. It's going to be a podcast covering the Green Bay Packers training camp all summer long. I'm sports director Mark Daniels, host of the Fifth Quarter program, and alongside is the co-host of the fifth quarter, Matt Z, to break it all down and get ready for another summer of Packer football. I can't believe, Matt, it's here already. It's ridiculous. And I'm still excited that football is this close. And every year it just sneaks up, catches you a little bit by surprise. And even with the Brewers being in first place at this point, (laughs) still excited for football to roll around. Yeah, I'm ready for football, too. Uh, We've had so much going on. Uh, There is really no such thing as an offseason anymore. But if you're only as good as your last game, Packers weren't very good. Not at all. All Rodgers thought they'd run the table, and they did win eight in a row to reach the NFC title game. Only to get run over by Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons 44-21 down at the uh, Georgia Dome. They brought that place down, and it was a very disappointing finish for a team that was uh, really rolling offensively, but the leaks that just kept popping up in the secondary, whether it was groins to Randall and shoulders to Rollins and Ladarius Gunter, these kids who have played very little defensive back at the NFL level were just trying to hang in there. And they couldn't win. It counted most. Yeah, and that's tough to do against that Atlanta offense. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean. High scoring l- team in the league last year. A lot of defenses looked pretty bad against Atlanta. But that was the big concern. You're right. I mean, you knew the offense was going to be there because you have Aaron Rodgers and Jordy. And, you know, they had that thing rolling. But defensively, that that was the big question. Could your corners match up with the premier offense in the NFL right now? And the obvious answer was absolutely not. Injuries or not, it just wasn't not built to stop those guys. Yeah, so, you know, January turned into February, turned into the uh, scouting combine, turned into the draft at the end of April, and apparently Ted Thompson and his staff agreed that we need some help in that secondary. For the draft brought us Kenny King, second round, Washington, Josh Jones, second round, North Carolina, big, fast corner safety combination at the top of the draft class they had to address it they went out and did and you know and that's what football is and that's what it's been for years get bigger and faster every year you know it's no longer just a bunch of big dudes slobber knocking it's a game of speed especially offensively so if you're going to try to keep up with that you got to get big and fast on defense and that's what they tried to do I mean you're excited about a Kevin King his length, his speed, his coverage skills. And Josh Jones has wowed so far. Yeah, he's had a good spring. You know, we'll see once the training camp rolls around. But, you know, there's there's been some early positives with those two guys. But it was clearly a position that needed to be addressed. Rest of the draft. Offensive. Three running backs. Yeah. First time since 1974, three running backs. Yeah, and that was a 17-round draft, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, they go with uh, Jamal Williams. They go with Aaron Jones. They go with Devontae Mace, three running backs. And they go with two wide receivers, D'Angelo Yancey and Malachi Dupree, to get into the mix and add some more fresh, young legs and hands, if you will, for the wide receivers, uh, into a position group at wide receiver, which is stacked. Right. But at running back, it's wide open, which we'll get to in a minute. But that kind of struck me that uh, they went that direction when maybe another defensive lineman, another outside linebacker, let's not forget Vince Beagle, the Badger, who were 
finally going to see here a couple of weeks after he had that foot surgery. But uh, interesting finish to the draft. Especially now, given Latroy Guyon's issues. Yes. You know, you would have wondered, hey, maybe a defensive tackle, something like that a little earlier. But, yeah, you go defense, your first four. You're like, okay, we're starting to get a feel for what this is going to be. And then your last six is all offense. So, yeah, it was a tale of two drafts. But the wide receiver position, you're right. They're stacked there. But running back, you bring in three guys who were extremely productive. Yeah, they had good numbers. In their in their college careers. And it's a position where you had a wide receiver turned running back. So, a lot was up in the air there. Yeah, we're going to break down the Packers as we go into training camp here this summer, uh, position by position. But, okay, the draft was a major offseason event, obviously. Sure. And then came free agency. And it was a Donnybrook for the Green Bay Packers. You knew they had a lot of guys coming due, and you knew they weren't going to sign them all. But let's talk about the departures first. This list is impressive. T.J. Lang to Detroit, huge money. Eddie Lacy to Seattle, good one-year money. Micah Hyde, really good money to Buffalo. Julius Peppers, all right, he'll finish where he started in Carolina. I'm fine with that. We got three pretty good years out of Peppers. Dayton Jones heads over to Minnesota. Jared Cook winds up with the Raiders. J.C. Treader, a minor deal with the Browns. But that's two, four, six, seven yeah. pretty important pieces gone. And that big one, T.J. Lang, obviously. You know, sitting then Lang, two pro bowlers, those cornerstones, those names, that offensive line gone. But, you know, that's today's NFL, especially for offensive linemen. You start to age a little bit. You start thinking you're going to get a lot of money. Teams are, are going the opposite way in that direction. Lang was myth that the Packers did put up a, a yeah. really big offer initially, but there was just no way that they were going to be able to afford what he eventually wound up getting with the Lions. Yeah, absolutely. And look, the Lions needed some offensive line help. Right. You know, I, I, Thompson clearly feels in-house they've got guys that can cover that position. It worked out with Taylor yeah. taking over for Sitton. You know, I mean, that was supposed to be the worst move Ted Thompson ever did, getting rid of Josh Sitton. Right before the season started. Yeah, just crazy. Oh, we're falling apart. And no one noticed. And really, a lot of it had to do with, okay, they signed Bakhtiari for big money. Yeah. There just wasn't going to be enough in the pie to make that kind of expenditure to 30-plus offensive linemen, pro bowlers or not. It's just not the economic thinking for the Packers. And, and you've seen offensive linemen, as they get into their 30s, deteriorate pretty quickly. And you've got young kids that are coming up, young, hungry, healthy. You know, it's... It's a young man's game, it as is. they say. This is the initial camp cast covering the Green Bay Packers training camp, a podcast with Mark Daniels and Matt Z. Talked about the departures and now the arrivals in free agency to help uh, build this roster. The tight end position is the one that got you excited. You're a big Pats fan. Martellus Bennett, a part of that New England Patriot Championship Club. Lance Kendricks, the ex-Badger, who's been bounced around a couple of teams most of his time with the Rams. They come in and bolster the position, so you swap two for one. Cook goes, Bennett, Kendricks come in. That's a good deal. Yeah, and, you know, Packers fans really wanted Jared Cook to be back. Yeah. You know, that was well, kind he of, was a big part of yeah. that running the table thing that the offense finally started clicking. And you started seeing that as that, that key tight end position, and suddenly that's changing. It becomes a difference maker position like some other teams have. And then he's gone, and there was, oh, what are we doing now? We can't even sign him. But then Martellus Bennett, okay, you're getting a playmaker. Now he's getting older too, 
but still playmaking ability, big guy, good hands, and is a hell of a blocker. Yeah. Underrated part of his game. He's an extremely good blocker. He loves to block. He's willing to do anything for the team. For for a good part of last year with the Patriots, he wasn't like a focus of that offense. He was, hey, get down and dirty and block for us. Right. And he was willing to do it and was happy the entire time. So you're getting a guy that's a team-first guy. And Kendricks is a guy that the old H-back from the 90s and early 2000s, sure. you know, the big guy in the backfield that shifts out, stuff like that. He's played in line, backfield, split wide. Suddenly now with Richard Rodgers, the Hail Mary receiver, the tight end is a position Mike McCarthy just covets. And he spent a year-plus building an offense around Jermichael Finley. Right. And he goes down suddenly, and they just have been struggling to have that weapon down the middle of the field. Now they've got a variety of creative options at that position. To go with your perimeter players could make this could make this offense, I mean, really good. Yeah, to the point of almost being unstoppable. I mean, you don't, you don't know how that shakes out with training camp and health yeah. and everything else. But, yeah, you start to think of the options, especially with a – a Bennett and a Rodgers, a Rodgers who knows the offense extremely well, lining those guys up and splitting a Bennett wide and suddenly getting a linebacker that has to go out on him, and then he's you know doing a fly route, and that opens up running backs right. out of the backfield. So there's a lot of exciting things that this tight end group could bring to this offense. And Aaron Rodgers is extremely excited yeah, about excited. these those two guys. guys. No question about that. They lose Lang, they plug in a 12-year veteran. Jari Evans, former Saint, was released by New Orleans uh, going into last season, went out to Seattle. Seahawks didn't think he had much left. New Orleans had an injury, brought Evans back, and this guy, a six-time Pro Bowler, started all 16 games at age 32. Clearly a stopgap, but a very accomplished stopgap to step in and man that guard position on the Packers' offensive line. Yeah, and a contract that's not going to – Certainly break the bank. Yeah, no. exactly. So it, it, you're right. It's a stopgap until you want to figure out who's going to step up and really demand that that's their position. Another addition, welcome back to Von House. Yeah. Back in the house. Went to Jacksonville for a four-year contract. They cut him loose after two years. Really good first year in Jacksonville. Set a team record, I think, for pass breakups. Had a handful, four interceptions. Slipped a bit a little bit last year. They went younger in their secondary. House comes back and almost will probably be plugged right into the shot, the spot that Sam Shields uh, held until his career-ending concussion in week one last year. Yeah, a, a guy that knows the defense and likes the caper style and that he thinks it fits him very well and kind of got away from that his last year in Jacksonville. In so face press man, yeah, corner, yeah. You know, that's what he is. He's not a burner. He's nothing like that. But he's a physical guy. He likes that style. So... It's a veteran presence, and it's a young, obviously, secondary yeah. on the corner positions. You've got stability in your safety positions, but I think it's a it's a no-risk bring back yeah. in a Devon Let's house. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do. And one other uh, notable, uh, a real true unrestricted free agent was Ricky Jean-Francois of the Washington Redskins, who was stunned to have the Packers on the other end of the phone realizing right? Green Bay doesn't sign free agents. What are they doing calling me? <laughs> and here he is to try and help out in that defensive line at a spot that's going to have a couple of holes going into this season. It's got a great name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. So that was pretty much the offseason. All of the rookies came in for the uh, orientation camp, and then we had 
It's three weeks of organized team activities. We had a mandatory mini camp that was really uh, not so mandatory for the veteran players. Anybody with five years or more experience was cut loose early by McCarthy in June. And now they had a little bit of a break, and now they're all coming back for the start of training camp. And, uh, you know, we're not far away. I mean, good grief. August 10th, Eagles preseason opener at Lambeau, and the Seahawks will open up the regular season on September 10th. So let's get up to speed with all of that, and now you let's know, start talking. Yeah. You know, we didn't mention Nick Perry. Well, that's true. As, as a big addition, a signing. $60 million yeah. addition. It was one of the biggest contracts in free agency. Yeah. And that's Ted how Thompson, the Packers started the whole process. Yeah, and he'll say, look, I do things in free agency. I signed my guys. Yeah. I signed the guys that I want. Yeah, so, point. you know, Nick Perry, fully healthy. Who knows if he takes another step? You know, had some very productive games, even with a club. Yeah, double-digit sacks. Yeah, They're going to need double-digit sacks from here on out from this guy. Big time. To help Clay Matthews, you know, who uh, obviously battled all kinds of injuries last year, and his production has tailed off. So they need that second bookend on the outside linebacking position. Good point about getting Nick Perry back. So here we go. We're into training camp, and we'll kind of break down this Packer team. Position group by position group, and we'll start at quarterback, and I, I – I really don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have any trouble hanging on to the job, do you? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Uh, what did he finish? Sixth in the NFL's top 100? Was in the running for MVP? Martellus Bennett says he's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, there will, Yeah, you're not going to get much argument, obviously, in no. these parts. But behind Aaron, Brett Hundley, this will be now year, what, three for Hundley, I believe. Uh, he is working his way into the tail end of his uh, original contract, and is he going to join the ranks of the Mark Brunells, the Matt Hasselbecks, the Aaron Brookses that develop, uh, develop, have develop. been developed by a Packer coaching staff and then dealt for picks, and they'll just develop another quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has got how many years left? He's got a lot of playing time left, uh, I think, in his legs and his arms. Uh, you know, he's 33. I think he can go five more years. So oh, at least. Is Hunley going to want to stick around? Does he have a future here? Is he a capable backup? I I don't get the impression that he is a lifetime backup kind of a guy. Like, no. he's not a Doug Peterson sort of a, yeah. I love holding that clipboard yeah. and collecting a salary. I, he wants his opportunity. It's not going to come in Green Bay unless there's an injury. You know, and who knows? But Aaron Rodgers, you said he could play five years. With quarterbacks and the health and conditioning, everything today – they could play as long as they want until that arm gives out, as long as there's not a major career-ending injury. So Hunley's going to be here for at least two more Yeah, as a backup. And quite honestly, I think he has progressed. I think he would be yep. a serviceable player if Rodgers goes down for a month. He could function. Is he going to lead this team to the playoffs if it's a season-ending injury to Rodgers? I don't think so. But uh, let's see. This is a very important time for him. Training camp yeah. reps, preseason games. That's his Super Bowl, at least for now. Packers will probably keep a third practice squad guy. Both Joe Callahan and Taysom Hill are practice squad eligible. Callahan's bounced around back and forth from the Packers. McCarthy loves the little guy. Uh, Packers his, fans love that yeah, little guy. No, yeah, he was great last year in the <laughs> summer. Uh, and Hill, I think, throws a very nice ball, a kid from BYU. Uh, probably worth trying to hang on and work with. Uh, but certainly, there's your quarterback. Two on the active roster, no more than that for sure. Yeah, they no. They need I, roster spots elsewhere. There'd be no reason. All right, let's go to running back. We talked about it. This is about the most inexperienced backfield in yeah. NFL 
history. See, Ty Montgomery with seven games, 70 career carries. Basically a rookie. Still Still. 88, still (laughs) in the backfield. Your number one back. But behind him, you got the three rookies at running back, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Devontae Mays. You got two young fullbacks in Aaron Rukowski and Joe Carriage. One scout told me during the summer work, or the spring work, the leading rusher on this team this year is going to be Williams from BYU. He's going to be the bell cow back. Montgomery will still be that guy that's going to give you matchups in certain situations. He'll get series where he's the first down back, but he's still going to be that let's flare him out, get the matchups, that kind of thing. I, I don't think he's going to be a 200-carry running back no, for this team. No, and I think that's how Tom Montgomery should be used. Line him up and then split him out and yeah. create matchups because he's well, he's a wide receiver. There, If he gets matched up on a safety linebacker, forget about it. Williams looks to be the Biggest of the three rookies. Almost 4,000 yards yeah. in his career. And I, I think there's a chance he could be the guy that is going to lead this team in rushing. Here's another prediction I've got. I think Aaron Ribkowski is going to at least quadruple his touches if he hangs on to it, unlike the Atlanta game, which started yeah. this whole program. Um, he proved effective in short yardage. He proved effective getting to the second level at times. And he's an adequate receiver for a check down or a screen. And he's a willing, obviously, blocker. Protection in the backfield is one of the key components to being an every-down back. And Rukowski has that. I think he's going to have a real breakout year with this offense. Which would be great for him because he's such a good dude. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lot of fun to talk to, and he's a lot of fun to watch carry the ball. I always get excited when Rukowski gets the ball because you know he just wants to smash into people, doesn't try to avoid. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> Fumbles, sometimes trying too hard for the extra yard. But you know that that's a focus of his now. He doesn't want to repeat those mistakes. So how many do they keep? Been five for the most part. Last couple of seasons, I think, in the backfield. Uh, you know, certainly Montgomery, Williams. I think Aaron Jones, Devontae Mays are playing for one spot, and they'll probably keep yeah. the two fullbacks just for special teams. So we'll see. Uh, the tight end position. We touched on it. Martellus Bennett, Richard Rodgers, Lance Kendricks. They have Bo Sandlin as well. Just a fourth guy. Yeah, just to help out in camp. They'll keep the top three. And I can't wait to see the creativity uh, that comes out of uh, all of this offensive work uh, with the Packers and how they use these three guys. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. That tight end position, I think, is the most exciting right now to watch the creativity. Running back just to see who's going to emerge. All right. Over at wide receiver. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, your top three are back. Adams really made a stride last year, I thought. Nelson was terrific comeback player of the year. Uh, Cobb? Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's he's not the old Randall Cobb. And now a lot of people will say, well, once he got paid, he hasn't been the old Randall Cobb. Mm. But, it, you know. He's been battling some bugs and some nicks. That'll that'll happen, but you need – to get him back to close to where he was. Unlike Nelson and Adams, who I think can play a lot out wide, mm-hmm. uh, Cobb is really a slot guy. Slot guy. A yeah. slot guy. But they also have Jordy in the slot. Uh, that opened things up. Uh, Devontae's played in there as well. Looking for big things still from those three. All 40-plus catches. All, I think, 6, 10 touchdowns. Certainly not out of the question there. My issue is with the two draft choices, and I was very impressed with Malachi Dupree in uh, the uh, rookie camps and the uh, in the OTAs, as well as Yancey, who made some plays. Could they push the group just above them in age and experience 
out the door. We're talking Jeff Janis, Geronimo Allison, the free agent last year who made a bit of a splash, and Trevor Davis, a draft choice last year. Don't forget Eddie McCaffrey's kid, Max McCaffrey, in the mix. I think they drafted these guys to really push Janice and really push Davis and see what happens there. And if they push hard enough, they might push him out. Yeah, I mean, Janice right now is a special teams guy, right? I mean, he's a, he's an a, excellent gunner. He's a gunner. He can return. He's a gunner, and there's there's few spots for just strictly special teams guys. You know, I mean, yeah, Janice gets on the field every now and then as a wide receiver, but doesn't make impacts as a wide receiver. So – you covet those kind of special teams guys, but Davis is also special teams guy, tall, speed burner. You're expecting a little bit more out of him, return game, that sort of thing. But I don't know, maybe the rookies push. And that's sometimes what it needs is the competition, position battles to try to get those guys to elevate. But if if Janice hasn't elevated to yeah. this point, yeah. you really think Yancey or – Dupree coming in are going to push him to that extra level? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe he's just who he is, and the myth, the legend of Jeff Janis yeah. is is bigger than he's ever going to actually be able to obtain. The star of the desert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a really easy position group to watch at practice every day because you either catch it or you don't, right. whether it's seven-on-seven seven or in team drills or how you get separation from defensive backs and all of those kinds of things. Really interesting battle at the wide receiver position, I think, this summer. Let's go to the offensive line. Everybody else intact. Uh, Lindsley, Taylor, uh, Balaga, Bakhtiari, solid. Uh, Barkley, who re-signed, did a lot of snapping for the injured Lindsley during the spring work. Jari Evans is going to be the starting right guard. So I think those six are secure. After that, you got the draft choice, Kopi Amici. You got Lucas Patrick, a guy that was on the practice squad last year that they kind of like. Kyle Murphy is a pick from a year ago. They're hoping to take a step up. The rest of these guys, well, Jason Spriggs is another one, another young draft choice. That's going to be, I think, your swing tackle. But really, the rest of those names, I think you can – thanks for coming, fellas. I think those are the eight or nine that will probably be sticking. Yeah, and versatility will be key. You know, can you play guard tackle when needed? You know, that's that's big among offensive linemen, if you can be the swing type guys. And they can't lose more than one at a time. No. Yeah. I mean, when we had Latroy Guyon playing guard last year. <laughs> that's right. I, we, we knew, we, everyone knew the Packers were in big-time trouble. That's right. Guyon was, was guard. Unbelievable. So, I, you know. Hopefully, Lindsley can stay healthy. I think he really is a good anchor. Taylor yeah, did solid. a commendable job. And if Jari Evans has anything left, Balaga's getting to the lean green years now. Yep. Uh, he's, a, he's a gray beard now. And, and Bakhtiari has got to live up to the big contract and his all-pro status. He's just got to be continue to be the anchor on that left side for the Packers on the offensive line. But really, I think that the backups are pretty well set. I, I just don't see any... Youngster Justin McCray is a guy they signed uh, as possibility could crack this group, but I think it'll be a hard nut to crack at that. All right, over to the defensive side of the ball as we work our way through our initial camp cast covering the Green Bay Packers training camp. I'm Mark Daniels along with Matt Z. On the defensive line, uh, you got Mike Daniels uh, just leading the way. There's no question about that. Kenny Clark, I thought, made plays late in the season. That Cowboy game made a couple of big plays. Uh, we mentioned Ricky Jean Francois. You've got Christian Ringo. You got Montrevious Adams, the third round draft choice. 
Uh, and you've got Guyon out for a month and now maybe more after his little yeah. fun in Hawaii. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Dean Lowry's also back in the mix there. Uh, it's a group that it's not like a 4-3 where you're going to see a lot of these guys all of the time. They really mix and match to three at the most defensive line on the field on any one down. Yeah, I think Kenny Clark, if he takes that next step, you know, as you mentioned, had some productive games. They're obviously looking for him to make a jump. But Dean Lowry as well. You know, he's he's that big outside type. He can be a playmaker. You saw flashes. Can he take that next step? And really, what are you going to do with Latroy Guyon? I don't know what you're going to you do know, with I mean, do you get rid of him? Is that an option? Just because of all of his off-field issues, when I, when if, is yeah, I, I don't if, know if, if Adams shows what I think he can show. I mean, this guy was very productive at Auburn, and if let's say a Brian Price who got called into duty a couple of spots last year uh, can can take a jump, yeah, then he's probably going to be expendable. To tell you the truth, uh, Lowry just learned how to play inside last year after playing a defensive end at right. Northwestern in his college career. That was a process. And he showed flashes. You're right. A couple of sacks. Um, uh, this is not going to be a sack-happy bunch. This is going no. to be a line-of-scrimmage controlling group, uh, be stout against the run. Uh, at times they were, but the best backs hurt him. Big time. Elliott hurt him. Uh, a couple of others, uh, the notable backs that they go up against, hurt them. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that uh, defensive line group. Uh, inside linebackers, I think, are dinosaurs. You know, the Brian <laughs> Noble types, oh, the yes, Ray Lewis yes. types, the Nitschkes, the Butkuses, the mauling, big, massive inside linebackers, gone. Right. You're right. This is a sideline to sideline. You need a speed game. That's why we saw so much of not only Josh Jones but Morgan Burnett working their way into the box during some of the early spring practices. But the returners at inside backer are Jake Ryan, Joe Thomas were pretty much your one-two guys. Blake Martinez was in and out. Uh, they still ran Clay Matthews a little bit on the inside. Uh, but I think this is a position that probably going to see mostly Ryan and probably Thomas and Nickel situations. But I don't think we're going to see two of these smallish three inside linebackers on the field at any one time anymore. Yeah, that was another position where fans wanted a big-time playmaker influence, someone that can change games, someone to compliment Clay Matthews. You re-signed Nick Perry. Vince Beagle, you know, we saw what he did at Wisconsin. Can be a terror yeah. on the field. You know, too bad he got banged up in May, and yeah. you, know, you got to wait. And to... he's still more of the outside guy. Yeah. He's got – some bulk. They did peek at him inside a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets snaps inside during training camp just to kind of learn the position. But as often as the case with rookies, uh, they really want him to learn one job sure. before they pile on too much. Yeah, uh, Jones is an exception there, and we'll get to him when we get into the secondary a little bit more. Uh, but it's the outside backers that I think are going to have to be the guys that step up. All right, Matthews and Perry will be your starters. You've got Jaron Elliott, you've got Kyler Fackrell, and then you've got the rookie Vince Beagle that is going to come in there. He's going to make this team. He's going to get spot duty. But I think the key guy here is Fackrell. Yeah. For some, I just think the kid you know, from Utah State, he's got a long body, long arms, still figuring it out. He's got to make that year one to year two jump. Yeah, you talk about flashes. He was a flash guy. He was a guy yeah. that you looked at and said, wow, he can do that? Okay. Do it again. Oh, 
That's the problem. Yeah. The consistency to be able to repeat Too much success. thinking, just play. Yeah, just go. And, you know, that comes with learning the defense and being comfortable in systems and situations and recognizing certain schemes. But, yeah, he's definitely got that flash. Yeah. Can he turn it into consistency? That's the big question. And but you're Elliot, right. Good special teamer. Yeah. Probably his last good chance to make plays, get on the field and make plays. After this year, I think they're going to probably go in another direction with Jay Ron. As good of a guy is he? No, oh, yeah, really good he's guy. Like the all-time leader and off-field charitable. No, yeah, no, he's for a the last great couple of seasons. Great guy. All right, that's the big impact position on the defensive side, and now the secondary. We mentioned all right, no Sam Shields, no Micah Hyde. You got uh, the safeties pretty good yet. Ha ha, Clinton Dixon, Morgan Burnett. Going to man the spots. Ha-ha, Pro Bowler for the first time. You got Demarius Randall, who's going to be back in there at what they're calling now uh, the uh, new position for him. Uh, I forget what it's called. It just slips my mind here for a moment. I, I don't remember it either. Yeah, I, I think it's like the star position sure. or something like that, inside slot corner. Yeah, the slot guy. Yeah, Devon House is going to be your other starting quarter. And then you've got Quentin Rollins, Josh Hawkins, Kentrell Bryce, uh, Darius Gunder, Dimitri Goodson, all of these returners with the newcomers, uh, Kevin King and Josh Jones, very competitive all of a sudden to try and find a collection of eight guys that you're going to be able to go to battle with every Sunday. And that's, you know, that's the name of the game, you know, competition. Just who's going to rise to the top. As you mentioned Devon House, you bring him in for a reason. Yeah. He's going to be out there. But Kevin King is a guy that, you know, will push – He'll be pushing Rollins. Rollins, for sure. And Gunter, probably. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you bring in a guy who's your first pick in the draft, you know, you when you get the opportunity, get he's going to get on the field. Watch Josh Jones. Guy made tons of plays this spring. He's so fast and big. I think he's going to be an interesting addition. Kentrell Bryce loves to hit. If he can stay in position right. when the ball's in the air, that's going to be his downfall. Goodson coming off the major knee surgery. Herb Waters, converted receiver. Jermaine Whitehead, we saw a little bit of him. Marwin Evans, the kid from Milwaukee, uh, may or may not make it back behind Morgan Burnett at safety. Great competition in the secondary, I think, this summer. Uh, And finally, special teams. Mason Crosby's back, but he's got two newcomers to deal with. Uh, You know, Jacob Shum let go. Justin Vogel, free agent punter from Miami. They got a new long snapper as well in Derek Hart. The operation, as they call it, uh, (laughs) is going to have to get in a lot of reps. with Mason Crosby. That's key. You know, we've had Mason on the fifth quarter multiple times, and he always talks about the operation. Yeah. And consistency is always a good thing. And, and now he's got two new guys to deal with. Breaking in new, new guys. But that's what the offseason and training camp and all that's for. That I think that'll be fine. Mason Crosby's still top, I don't know, top three kickers. He's up there. In the league. I mean, top five I, without argument. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he's incredibly consistent. Well, that Dallas game was just remarkable yeah he had that blip bombs. and then figured things well, out was almost three four years ago exactly so, and has been great ever since yeah he's been good so that kind of breaks down the roster as we begin camp hope you come back because we'll do this a lot more often as we work our way through training camp and talk about who's making the noise who's making the plays and who's making the bid for jobs to be a part of the 2017 green bay packers that was a lot of fun see Football's almost here. It's almost here. So come on back for the CampCast, covering the Green Bay Packers training camp. CampCast, a Midwest Communications podcast.